Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. We're here live today. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. We take your calls and answer your questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority, you name it, we'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and give me a call, 8888-ROAD-DOG. Um, certainly you can call, but I'll tell you what you might want to do right now is sit back, grab your coffee, bulletproof, of course, and relax for just a little bit. Uh, I might have somewhat of a long open here today. Um, before I get to what I want to open on, I want to give you a, a little advice. If you look at your life right now and you're not really happy with it, any area of your life or maybe even your life overall, we all know the definition of insanity. You can't do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. You've got to do something different. If you don't like something in your life, you need to do something different. And a lot of people will say, well, I don't know what to do. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons people just Keep doing the same thing. They don't know what else to do. Here's one idea. Anything else. Just try anything else. And if it doesn't work, try anything else. But I can also tell you that if you will get out of your comfort zone in any area, things will change. And it's been my experience that when I get out of my comfort zone, things not only change, Good things happen, and and the more uncomfortable I get, the better things that happen. And I have so many examples of that throughout my life, but I just had one this week. Um, I do a lot of speaking. I have been for almost 20 years now. Um, I started doing seminars back in the uh, late 90s, and I've been doing them ever since, And, and that was one of those things. At the time, before I started doing seminars and public speaking, my biggest fear by far was public speaking. It was one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever done. But it was also what led me to virtually everything today. So that was a good example. But I just did it again this week. And here's the thing. Most of the speaking I do, 95%, is is seminar and training kind of stuff, material that I know really well to an audience that I know and understand really well. So most of my speaking is owner-operator stuff, truck stuff to owner-operators, and I've been doing it a long time, and I'm very comfortable with it. Uh, five or six years ago, I started getting invitations to do keynote speeches, And keynote speeches are very different. I go to a lot of conferences, and typically the keynote is kind of the big name of the conference. They're usually people you recognize and know, 
and they usually either have a really powerful message or they're funny or entertaining, and some of the best keynote speakers are both. That's pretty rare. Um, Our keynote speaker at at the CMC for years has been Larry Wingett. Larry's one of those guys that has an incredibly powerful message, and he's funny. He's very entertaining. And he's also in your face and all kinds. It's what makes him so good. He's one of the top speakers in the world right now. So I, I, I have never really liked doing keynote speeches. It's not my thing. They take a lot of work to prepare for, a lot of time writing, a lot of time practicing. And I did a couple, and I just thought, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. This isn't my thing, and I was very uncomfortable. Uh, So I haven't done any for about two years. And one of our new partnerships that I'm really excited about this year is truckstop.com. And that company has transformed itself. I, I am blown away by the changes they have made, the new products they are releasing, what the whole company does. And they just have an amazing company culture. Here is here is a worldwide company, 270 employees, and they are in a town of 1,400 people. And it was started by one guy. He's still the owner. And he does amazing work in that little town. It, it, it's just a very cool story in their whole culture, top to bottom, just awesome people. Um, in fact, I was sitting talking to somebody at the conference this past week. And I'll tell you more about that in a bit. And they were talking about truckstop.com. And she said, you know, I, your employees are amazing. The culture, everybody I deal with, she said, there just aren't any assholes in the company. That, that was the way she said it. And I said, you know what, they probably hire one once in a while by mistake. But if you were an asshole, you wouldn't make it in that company. You wouldn't last two weeks. And that's what happens when you build a really cool company culture. And it really does start from the owner down. And the owner of that company is just an amazing guy. Um, And one of the reasons the the company has kind of reinvented itself is the owner was the, the original programmer. That started the original load board, and he did an amazing job building the company. But a couple of years ago, he realized that he wasn't doing what he used to do. He wasn't innovating. He wasn't coming up with the new ideas to program, and he hired a CEO. So he doesn't run the company day to day anymore. He's back doing what he's doing, and he's doing amazing stuff. So you're going to hear us talk a lot more about some of the uh, innovations coming out of truckstop.com. The other thing I'm really excited about, my longest relationship in this industry and probably one of my closest, if not my closest, um, is a guy you don't hear a whole lot about. We've had him on the show, Brent Hutto. Um, He was with Randall Riley, um, the magazine company, Overdrive Magazine. They own the Dallas Truck Show as well, Gats. Um, And I've been working with and for them for years. I wrote um, columns in their magazines. I have done the Partners in Business Seminar, which they started back in 1999. And that's when I met Brent, my first big seminar. And I feel like they kind of gave me that big break. And Brent and I have been very close friends ever since. So Brent is now the uh, chief marketing officer over at truckstop.com. He's also a big part of the changes they're making. And 
they have a user conference. They started it last year. Uh, I did not attend last year. We were busy at the time. This year, they asked me if I could be the keynote speaker as well as um, they wanted me to do some breakout sessions on some specific topics. And, And I really wanted to say... I'll come and do the breakout sessions, but I really don't want to do the keynote. I I had decided a couple years ago I didn't want to do that. Um, I couldn't say no to Brent. There are some relationships you just don't say no. And this was one of them. And I thought, all right, suck it up. Um, You're just going to have to do the work. You're going to have to write the keynote. You're going to have to practice it and just go do it. It, Here's another thing. it's a truckstop.com user conference. If you look at the people who use truckstop.com, it's primarily about half brokers and about half carriers, which a lot of them should be owner operators with their authority using the load board. And it is that that's it. They have a huge hundreds of thousands of owner operators using that board. But when you go to their user conference, It's all brokers, and I mean all brokers. I'm going to talk about those numbers in a little bit. So it's also an audience that I'm not as used to speaking in front of. I've spoken at other broker conferences, but again, I have to work harder to make my message relevant to them. When I speak in front of owner-operators, it's easy. I've been doing it forever. But I I really have to work hard to make sure my message is going to be relevant to the audience. So I knew it was going to be a lot of work, but I decided to do it. And it was another example of stepping outside of my comfort zone. And I have to tell you, this is one of the most exciting weeks in trucking I've had this year. Um, Aside from RCMC, so I'll, I'll call it number two. But in some ways, I really think it was more important for me to be there. And I'm going to talk about why that is. I'm going to talk a little bit about the election only because it ties in to what I'm going to talk about when we get back from the break. We're coming up on a break here. But I am really, really glad that I went to the event. 2016 has been kind of a strange year for me. I don't feel like I've accomplished a lot. Our CMC was such a big change. We were on the road for six months this year, and I I felt a little lost this year. And I've been looking for direction and where we want to go with the company, and I found it. So I'm going to come back and talk about some history of trucking, some pretty interesting history. And the reason I'm going to talk about the history is because what I really want to get to is the future. The future of trucking. We're going to talk about that right after this. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. Like I said, sit back, relax, have some coffee, bulletproof. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of trucking, and I'm going to tell you why. One of the other speakers at this event, and I, I've been following him and watching him, and I've spoken with him before in the past, and he's really an amazing guy. Um, Noel Perry, N-O-E-L, Noel Perry. 
and he's uh, basically an analyst in the trucking industry. He's one of those guys that looks at all the trends going on in the industry, all the trends going on in the economy, and he tries to figure out what it all means. That's a really difficult job, and he's really, really good at it. And every time I see him, I learn something, and he... His uh, his topic this week, this past week, was really eye-opening. So there is a theory, and it's been proven in industry and business, not just trucking, but in industry, that there is a cycle that, and in, in, in every industry, the cycle might be different, but it basically runs on a 30-year cycle that in any industry you are going to have a major disruption every 30 years, give or take a couple years, because it's not like it happens right on that year, but you can pinpoint when it started, and many disruptions take almost a decade to kind of shake out anyway. So a major disruption, what that means is something comes along, usually some new uh, invention of some sort, a new business model, things like that, that change everything in the industry. So let's take a look at trucking. Trucking had a major change in the 1920s because of the diesel engine. That was a major disruption back then. 30 years later, the 1950s, major disruption in trucking because the highway system was created in the 1950s. 30 years later, anybody guess what the major disruption was in the 1980s? It was deregulation. The biggest of those three, by the way. Here's an interesting statistic. Prior to deregulation, we did have big trucking companies. The, the big trucking companies that were around, and I'm talking truckload carriers now, but the exact same thing happened on the LTL side. Prior to deregulation, if you looked at all the big major players in trucking, and you look today, there are only three of them still around. Only three of them made it through deregulation and was able to adjust to the new way of doing business. Uh, I'm going to give you two of them. If you want the third, you're going to have to go do a little research. Uh, Schneider National, they've been around a long, long, long time as a uh, truckload carrier. Now, there are some little players out there. But we're talking about the big carriers. Uh, Schneider National, CRST. Two big players before deregulation, two big players after. Um gone through different forms, bought other companies. Um, but it is surprising how many big trucking companies were here before deregulation and then they were gone after. They could not adjust to the changes. That's why it's such a big disruption. Everything changes. Well, guess what? How many years has it been since the 1980s? It's been 30 years. What's our big disruption this time? We're, we're just starting to feel it right now. It's been around for several years. We've been talking about bits and pieces of it here and there. 
the big disruptor in trucking this time is technology. And the thing about a disruption, if I knew what it was going to look like on the other side, I would be wildly rich. Nobody knows, but we can make some good predictions, or we can certainly try to. And if nothing else, at least if you're aware and, and you look at history and look how at how things change. Let's go back to the 1980s, deregulation. So we had a bunch of big trucking companies. We have deregulation. Most of the major players disappear because they can't adjust. But what was the other thing that happened? Well, we also had lots and lots of little carriers that did figure it out and became major players. So... This is the real lesson of a disruption. If you're a big player, you better figure out how to survive it, and that can be difficult. But if you are a little player, there's a ton of opportunity in disruption. The bigger the disruption, the bigger the opportunity. That, that's why I'm excited about this. Uh, I, I've been trying to put this all together in my head for about a year now. And like I said, I felt like 2016. I've kind of been floundering a little. Um, and now I'm excited. So technology. Let me tell you something else about disruptors. Now, this on the surface doesn't sound like good news for us. Disruptors almost always drive rates down. When they invented the diesel engine, it was a much more efficient way to move freight. Prices go down. When they developed the highway system, much, much easier to get freight around the country on a highway system than old rural roads. Prices go down. When deregulation happened, come on, we know what happened there. Prices went down drastically. Well, guess what? technology is probably going to drive down the rates that that's and it is what it is you can argue all day if you want or you can kick and scream and say this sucks or you can say even though the rates went down in every one of these disruptions lots of people succeeded with rates going down I'll tell you who the people are are that are going to succeed. It is the people, I'm going to brag a little bit here, it's the people that listen to shows like this, that, that stay on top of these things, that work their business like a business, that know how to track their numbers, that, that are constantly learning and growing and paying attention to what's going on. The people who won't survive, let me tell you right now, if you see a truck go by you and, and it's got the old tired bumper sticker, say no to cheap freight, yeah, just just um, wish them good luck. They're not going to be in the industry. It, 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 not everybody that has that sticker, maybe they don't even know it's back there on the trailer. But what I really mean is the people with that mentality, if that's your mentality, say no to cheap freight. I, I've been criticizing that phrase forever because, first of all, you can't even define cheap freight. But if that's your mentality, you really need to start thinking about what your next career is. Because we are right in the midst of this change. We're there. It's coming. It's coming in a lot of ways. And there are going to be a lot of opportunities. I'm going to talk about where I think that opportunity is. And you might be surprised. 
Um, but it's coming, and it is going to drive rates down. That's going to be difficult. Now, that that rate going down, I, I we've got some good years here left. In fact, I think... Um, Based on some of the things I heard this week, twenty or twenty seventeen might actually be a better year for rates than twenty sixteen was. So one of the things you have to remember when I'm talking about this, nothing happens overnight. I said earlier it takes about a decade for the change to, to shake out until we can really look back and say, Oh yeah, that was it, that's what happened, and now we're in a new world. When you're in the middle of the change, it's hard to see it. I, like I said, I think that's what's been bothering me all year is that I could feel something coming I, and something's changing already, but I couldn't really put my finger on it. I didn't know what it was. And when, we, when we're uncertain, it makes us uncomfortable. So now I understand. Once you get it, once you see it's changing, for me anyway, it's exciting. It, it's opportunity. I felt like all year I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know where we were going to go with our business. Um, I was hoping I hadn't just kind of peaked. I knew that wasn't the case. But I, every time I sat down to write a, a, or even look at our business plan, I, I didn't really know where to go. Now I know where to go. And it may not be perfect the first time, but if if you have a direction if you understand that we are in the middle of one of these major disruptions you don't have to get it exactly right you can adjust as long as you know it's happening you have the attitude that you can't change it and you're going to make the most of it you will be one of the winners if you're one of the people that Look, I talked about autonomous trucks, and that's one of the changes, by the way. And I got a comment on Facebook. You would have thought that I was personally dragging the guy out of his truck and taking his job away from him. He told me I sucked, told me my show sucked. Um, You can't have that attitude. Those are the people, again, you might as well start looking for a new industry because you're not going to survive if that's the way you think. When we get back, I'm going to give you some idea on on, uh, where I think some of the opportunities might be right now. Short term, at least the next five years or so. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. We are going to get to the calls here in a little bit. I told you it would be a long open, but I, I, uh, I am very excited and very optimistic more optimistic than I've been about this industry in a long time. Some of the technology that is going to disrupt this industry is the exact same technology that's going to create some real opportunities. I, I'm not going to try to predict too much past the next five years, but I can tell you the next five years could be really exciting if you're in the right place in the industry. And here's where I think that place is. Well, let me let me preface this first by saying I have spent the last 20 years I, in the last 20 years. I have probably talked way more people out of getting their own authority than I have ever helped do it. 
And there were a lot of reasons for that. I watched way too many people crash and burn. They weren't prepared. It wasn't a good time in the industry. So I've been pretty outspoken about if you're going to do that, you better know what the hell you're doing and you better do it right. I watched a lot of good owner-operators who were profitable being leased to a carrier really, really struggle. Now, though, it's all about timing. I am going to tell you that the next five years for us as a company, starting in 2017, actually starting right now, I'm already working on it, and actually have been working on this. So it's one of those things I've been working on in the background, but wondering what I'm going to do with it. I've even talked about it before, but I'm committed now. Now I see it. It all makes sense. As a company, we are going to make a big move into helping Our listeners, the ones that get it and the ones that want to do this and talk about getting out of your comfort zone, we are going to transform into really helping owner-operators that are leased to a carrier make that transition into becoming a carrier. We're going to develop the training, the education. We will probably partner on a lot of the uh, products. We're not going to be getting your authority for you. There are enough people out there that do that. We will partner on many of those things. There's no, no sense in us reinventing the wheel. So for all the things that are out there, we will shop the market. I'll find the best service. We'll partner with them just like we do on everything else. But there's no education. We are going to create the education on this. There's no business support. We are going to create the business support. Our goal for profit gauges is to make it fully authority ready um, pretty quickly. We're, We're almost there already. That's something that's been worked on in the background. Profit gauges was primarily designed for an owner operator who's leased to a carrier. The people that use it absolutely love it. The accountants that use it absolutely love it, but it, it there are a couple little pieces missing if you have your own authority. Those won't be missing for long, and we will develop all the things you need. I, I, I'm almost comparing it to a franchise program. When I talk to the partners that I've already been talking to on this, we want it to be turnkey. We want you to be able to say, okay, I've been leased to a carrier. I'm profitable. I like what I'm doing. I want to be part of the future. And you're going to have a program that we will walk you right through this and you will be up and running and making money. And some of the technology is really, really close to being released. Some of it is already there, but nobody seems to be using it. We're going to bring all those things together, um, including... How the CMC is going to change. Now, here's the good news. We already started heading this way in 2016. I I told you I had that feeling. Things were kind of niggling in the back of my brain. And that's why we added Lane 3 in 2016, because Lane 3 was all about operating as a carrier. It was our first year. The education was limited. It was excellent. We got... excellent reviews on lane three that is going to expand let me tell you what absolutely has to happen if this is going to work and this is what i just spent all week i spent all week with a hundred brokers 
I was the keynote speaker. I did three breakout sessions, and I feel like I talked for four days straight because every broker there wanted to talk to me, and only for one reason. They wanted to know where they can find the owner-operators that I was talking about, the guys who come to the CMC multiple years, the guys who have been using profit gauges and tracking their numbers and and they understand customer service and they understand building relationships and they understand running it like a business. The brokers want you. If that's you, they want you. They are desperate. I I didn't even think I was going to get to sleep most nights because every broker there wanted to talk to me. Now, I, I said earlier that 99% of the people at this conference were brokers. There were two exceptions that I ran into there, and I was shocked and very happy. Um, The first guy I ran into, he didn't know me. Um, I didn't know him, but he pulled me aside. Now, I'm going to say something here, and it's not meant to be derogatory in any way. In fact, it's a compliment. He pulled me aside, and I had a very, very hard time speaking with him because his accent was so heavy. He, he actually spoke good English, but the accent was so heavy, I was having a hard time communicating with him. So the reason I say this is a compliment, I, I can't imagine going to another country and, and trying to succeed in business when I had a hard time communicating with people. But this guy is a five-truck owner-operator, started with one truck, worked hard, and built it to five, and I went through some of his operation with him. He's pretty darn successful. But here's why. He was one of the, in fact, I think he was the only true carrier there. What I mean by true carrier is he didn't broker at all. There were some small broker carriers there that did both. In fact, the other guy I'm going to tell you about is a, technically he's a broker carrier. So this guy was the only carrier there. That puts him in the 1%, and it shows he has five very profitable trucks, but they're about to become twice as profitable because he currently has some pretty good freight running from Southern California to Texas and back. He made a connection with a broker at this conference with freight paying better than what he's getting, and it goes from Southern California to Florida and back. I used to have some dedicated freight in that lane. That is a very, very profitable lane if you can get the rate because it's flat, it's warm. You, you, there are so many reasons why running that I-10 back and forth, I, I did it for a while with my trucks, is very profitable per mile. Expenses are considerably lower. By being at this event that cost him less than $1,000, I I can't tell you how much more he's going to make in the next 12 months because of that one connection. And the broker is really happy because he's got this freight covered now. That's one person who did something different than every other owner-operator. He's the only one there. Small fleet owner, five trucks. The other person I ran into, which was a really pleasant surprise for me, had been to the CMC a couple years ago. And as soon as I walked in the room to register, I saw him. I was excited. We started talking. When he came to the CMC a couple years ago, he had one truck. 
I, I, I'm probably going to get the numbers wrong. I think he has six now, and he has a lot of owner-operators leased under his authority as well. I don't remember the number of owner-operators he has, but he has six of his own trucks now. He has his authority. He has owner-operators leased under him, and he's now brokering. And he made some amazing connections here. I, I thought his face was going to break uh, the last night I saw him there because he was smiling so much. Uh, and again, less than $1,000. He's doing something different. And I, I'm excited about this. So let me tell you where else we're going. Because all of my sessions, all I talked about, every time the broker had a question for me, why they, why... Here's a phrase that they all use, one and done. How come we keep getting owner-operators to pull a load and they don't come back? Now, believe me, I blasted them. I gave them every reason why you as an owner-operator might pull a load for them and not come back. I told them all the things they were doing wrong. And you know what? They wanted to hear it. They accepted it well. But you also have to know what you're doing wrong. And it's nothing new. I've been saying it for a long time. My goal is to fix this problem. I don't want to see the one and done. That model is not good for anybody. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. Welcome back to the future of the owner-operator. You know, I, I uh, the last uh, couple of years, we, we got together and, and did that Future of Trucking Summit. And, you know, I, it was a great idea. I love doing it with the other host. But I think we really missed the mark on that in, in a lot of ways. I'd, I'd almost like to do another one of those. Um, now with all the information, I've kind of got all the pieces of the puzzle in. But... Um, there is going to be tremendous opportunity here. And I see the opportunity being as an independent with one truck. Possibly a small fleet, but things start changing because the driver is a big part of this. So I, I clearly see a real opportunity for the independent owner-operator with one truck in his own authority. And again, we want to be a part of that. Nobody else in the industry is in a better position to help the industry make this transition. A big part of this, and I talked about this at, at the conference this week, and the brokers absolutely love it because they need it as much as you do. A big part of this is ending this antagonistic relationship between brokers and owner-operators. In fact, let me tell you what my opening line was. In my keynote speech, we're in this beautiful ballroom. There's a hundred, somewhere between 100 and 200 people, lots of big names in the industry. Um, they're all in the room. I'm up on stage. They have two giant video monitors behind me, and I'm being projected in HD, um, way larger than life. It was kind of a cool stage, but a little intimidating. And I walked out on the stage. I didn't introduce myself. I didn't say good afternoon. I didn't say all the stuff many speakers say. I walked up to the front of the stage. I looked around the room. 
I paused about five seconds, which seems like an eternity when you're standing there and everybody's waiting for you to talk. And I said, many, not all, but many of my listeners think that most of the people in this room are lying, cheating, scum-sucking parasites sitting in a room with a phone and an internet connection, draining all of the profit out of the loads they're doing all the work to move. That got their attention. But they know it's true. That wasn't a surprise. They were shocked that I would come up there and start my presentation that way. And I said, you probably have some opinions about owner-operators that aren't all that nice as well. And I spent the rest of the week talking about why that absolutely has to change. And we will be spearheading the charge to change that. There is only so much money moving freight from point A to point B. Freight is basically a commodity. The shipper is the ultimate customer in this transaction. The shipper pays the freight bill, and there's only so much money there. The brokers need to make a profit. We need to make a profit. We need to, to get to rate transparency so that we, and I don't mean you know how much they make or they know how much you make, but we all know what the average rate in a given lane in a given week is. Because we all know what the rate is, and and then we're all willing to just take our fair piece of it, and then we work to move that freight as efficiently as possible, then we will all make more money and we will stop wasting time with this war against each other. And, And I hammered that message home to them. They agree. I hope I can get owner-operators to agree. And, and I know a lot of my listeners already do. But that was my message all week long. We have got to come together. And, and I think, here's, here's the technology piece. When you look at autonomous trucks and all the things that are really scary about this industry right now, all the regulation, all, all the other stuff, that's big fleet stuff. That is all going to benefit the big fleet. That's not, that stuff is not going to benefit you. And that's why we're scared of it. Drivers, owner-operators, we don't want to see that stuff come. But that's where the opportunity is going to be. The opportunity is, you know, look, if a fleet that is using owner-operators can go to platooning or an autonomous truck, what the hell do they need owner-operators for? They don't need drivers or owner-operators. That's scary. So what's left? Well, there's a lot left, it, and that's where we're headed. But the, the opportunity is being an, an owner-operator with your authority and working primarily with brokers. And, and a lot of things are going to have to change, and I'm excited because we are going to be leading that charge. Let me give you just one early example. The CMC is going to change again. I, I I might be jumping the gun a little bit because this is a really big thing we need to tackle. I'm really glad that we moved the CMC to September next year instead of May because if it would have been in May, we would not have been able to pull this off. It, it's going to be a really, really big challenge to pull it off by September, but I have an amazing team, and I think we can do this. And I have the support of truckstop.com and... 
I have the support. I spent some time talking to the president of the TIA, that's the Transportation Intermediaries Association. Transportation Intermediary is a fancy word for a freight broker and a 3PL, a third-party logistics company. That's a big, big organization. I've always had a good relationship with them. I've spoken at their events in the past, and I, I sat down and talked to the president of that organization, and I went through some of my ideas. He absolutely loves them. So two big changes that we're moving towards in the CMC. I hope to have them done by 2017. One, for those of you who don't know, CMC actually stands for Certified Master Contractor. And the certified part used to be a really big piece of this. When I started the program, I spent about two years working with some organizations in the industry. And when you got done with the CMC... There was a test you could take, and you had to pay a little bit of money. There was a fee, and it was a true certification offered through a university. And my, my idea was to grow it just like other professional certifications. Uh, it failed, and it failed because the people who came through the program looked at the fee, looked at the certification, and said, but what does it mean? Nobody recognizes it. And they were right. That, that's the whole chicken and the egg thing. Um, what good is a certification if nobody recognizes it, but nobody can recognize it until somebody has it? it and I, I kind of failed on that one, so we just dropped it. Um, the TIA, the Brokers Association, has a certified freight broker designation. It does mean quite a bit. There, there, it means something on the load boards. And, and there are reasons that you would want to have that. The brokers were really excited to find out that we are working on bringing back the true certification in this program. So you can go through the program just like you always have. You don't have to take the test. But if you want to, and we get this certification reinstated, and the, the TIA is going to help us with that, the TIA wants to promote that certification to its members. And you would even have the designation. If you posted your truck on the load board, you would have the certification. We may change the name on it. Um, I got to think about that. I, I, I might need to find something that's a little more fitting for this. But you would have your designation your professional certification would show up in when you posted your truck or when a broker was searching for trucks. They would be able to search for certified only. I am really excited about that one. Here's the other big one. Last year we had lane three, three lanes I mean. Lane one was all about buying your first truck and getting started. Lane two is all about, and this is going to stay the same. Lane two is all about, if you want to stay leased to a carrier, we'll show you how to make the most money possible. Lane three was about becoming a carrier, getting your authority, and operating profitably. It was a big success, our first year for that lane. We are working on the idea of lane four. And here's what lane four is. You might be shocked by this. Um, we're talking to both the TIA, which does a lot of broker education, and truckstop.com, which does a lot of broker education. And we are trying to put together lane four, which will be 
Would you like to learn how to be a broker? We'll have some beginner classes so you understand what brokering is all about. You, you can even learn how to become a broker and how to operate efficiently as a broker and all the way up through advanced broker training because we want to bring the brokers to this event. We did it this year. We brought in a small panel of brokers. That room was packed, standing room only, spilling out into the hallway. And we got awesome reviews from both the brokers and the owner-operators that were there. We're going to expand on that idea. We're going to bring brokers in for the week. They'll be going through their education. You can choose to sit through some of those classes, but we will create ways to make amazing connections and relationships between brokers and owner-operators. The industry is going through a huge disruption. We're going to be part of that disruption. We want you to be a part of it, and we want you to succeed when we come out the other end. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox, and we're going to get to your calls right after this break. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Yeah. 